0: Welcome to Loving Beyond the I Do Podcast. This power couple is building stronger marriages one day at a time. Talking about real issues on love, relationships, and marriage longevity. Let's break down the barriers and engage in healthy conversation with your hosts, Jason and Tina Marie. Take a seat and buckle up because things are about... To get real. Hey, hey, hey,
1: welcome to the show.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Loving Beyond the I Do podcast with
1: your hosts, Jason and Tina Marie.
2: That's me. All right, let's get right into it this week. All right, Jason, what are we talking about this week?
1: We're talking about weight loss.
2: Weight loss. Weight loss. You mean getting rid of your your spouse? Losing not, that way, <laughs> not that
1: kind of way. <laughs> not, right. not that kind of way. We're talking about a few of these uh, extra love pounds, handles. These and COVID,
2: COVID pounds. Yes, we got to right. get rid of these
1: COVID pounds.
2: All right. So today in the studio, we have with us Brooke Simonson. All right. Welcome, Brooke. Welcome. Hi,
3: great to see cool. you guys. You got I am. I could just watch you guys all
1: day. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just having fun in the studio. We just love just uh, being silly.
2: Yes, Brooke, Brooke is which Brooke is being kissed by the sun right now. Yeah. Do you guys see that? <laughs> California, <laughs> you know, gotta represent.
3: You if you're coming from California, you gotta have some type of natural light, I think. All
2: right, all right. That's
1: perfect, That's All perfect. right.
2: perfect. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Brooke.
3: Yes, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here on your show. Um, so I guess my story starts in my early 20s um, when I was actually a teacher, I had had a career change, um, so I had a 12-year career as an English teacher, living in New York City. And I'd say my story really kind of started my health and weight loss journey in my early 20s. I didn't gain the freshman 15 as a lot of my friends did, and kind of joked about. <laughs> um, I think we all are aware of that term.
2: It looks as though you were a
3: little upset that you didn't gain it. You were yeah, like, I, I didn't gain. It. It. No, I was going <laughs> to say. <it. laughs> Well, I okay. did gain it eventually. So okay. in my 20s, early 20s, I gained about 20 pounds. And I didn't really understand why. I also felt pretty hungry all the time, kind of bloated, gross, um, tired, you know, sluggish. And I didn't understand why this happened all of a sudden and talked to people about it, and they kind of felt the same. And I chalked it up at the time to just it's- aging and a slowing okay. metabolism, and oh, I'm working now, so you know I don't have time for things I once did. Yada yada, all the excuses and stuff. Right, right, but I did try some things. I didn't just throw up my hands. So I did try different juice cleanses. I tried counting every calorie. I tried exercising a bunch of each week. Really, you name it, I probably tried it. Um, But nothing worked. And when I say nothing worked, I mean, nothing helped me keep the weight off long term. So I would have the experience a lot of people have where they lose 5, 10, even 20 pounds. And then you're really excited about that. But then you end up gaining the weight back whenever you stop whatever thing you're doing. Right. Right. So I figured there must be a better way. There had to be a way. I was seeing some people around me, these (laughs) unicorns who were able to lose weight and keep it off long term. So my inquisitive self uh, kind of made a hobby out of researching, reading books, I eventually enrolled in a in coursework through the Institute of Transformational Nutrition and became a certified nutrition coach, which at the time I kind of thought, oh, I could guess I could do nutrition coaching. In addition to teaching, I was really enrolling in the course just to learn more. And I say, I guess I cracked the code. Finally, I figured wow. out. Yeah, I know. I figured out how to lose those 20 pounds, how to have more energy than ever, how to show up as my most confident self, feel healthier than ever. And I haven't restricted anything. I eat carbs. <laughs> I eat sugar. Wow. <laughs> um, and I just am now passionate about spreading the word to other people about how to make this happen. So. I'm no longer teaching. I have my own business now. I do full-time nutrition coaching and I have a podcast myself. And yeah, I guess my message to everyone is just, there is a way to make it happen where you don't have to be on this diet, hamster wheel, roller coaster, whatever you want to call it. And it's incredibly empowering and freeing when you learn how to make that happen.
2: All right, let's yeah. do it. Cause I gained 20 pounds and I felt all those things you talked about. Yeah, I don't want to lose the
1: sugar or the carbs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can lose that. I don't mind that. I just, I'm like, energy level is down and and I definitely chalked it up to age. So,
3: yeah. And I mean, age can certainly play a part in it, but it doesn't play as big of a part as a lot of people think. Um, There are different tweaks you can make as you age to still have the high energy. And so it doesn't just have to be age is like going to doom you forever to never feeling as good as you once did.
2: So I have a question. Is this both for men and women? Yeah. Okay. It
3: is Yeah. Mostly women come to me, but um, I've worked with men in the past, too. So, yeah. A body is a body,
2: right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Even though they're a little different, they're still at, at, at the core of it. They're still the same. So what have you found? What are some of the secrets that help in, you know, maintaining that energy, that body, you know, that's positive self where you're, you know, of course, not trying to, you know, lose 500 pounds or whatever, but at least maintaining that good weight and a good energy.
3: Yeah. Well, a key word you just said there was maintain. So I think a really critical mindset shift is to switch out of trying to lose weight and ask yourself, how can I lose weight and then maintain the weight that I've lost? So that second piece of the question has to be part of the initial conversation. I like to tell my clients the best way to avoid falling for some gimmick or fad or meal replacement shake (laughs) <laughs> that is targeting you. You know what the they're talking right. about. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what's funny. Yeah, you know, so many people,
2: so many people do that. I'm like, what What are you drinking? Oh, this is, a, I'm like, wow.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and Instead it's of perfect, just really changing. Yeah. And I, I mean, people have the best intention. So I say, you're really the victim to these things, right? Because you're lying in bed, you're looking, you're scrolling through your Facebook feed at night and you're being targeted <laughs> by all of these ads right. for Noom, WW, some juice cleanse. And so what I say, before you click buy, before you think this is going to be the solution, just pause Mm -hmm. and ask yourself, am I going to be able to do this for 100 years? Right, (laughs) exactly. If your answer is no, then don't do it. So that goes for things like keto too. Are you going to want to give up carbs for 100 years? Probably not. So Mm -hmm. you have to figure out a balanced way of eating, sustainable habits that work for you, there is truly no one-size-fits-all approach. But I think another really good way to look at it is to understand what to eat rather than focusing on everything not to eat.
2: So, so is it mm-hmm. is it hard to do in terms of purchasing differently because I say that because everything that's really which we've all had this conversation about things that are healthier for you Calls seem to more. be so much more, is, expensive, more expensive which I, is there a difference between the lettuce that says lettuce or the the Rogaine
0: Romaine romaine that's
2: what I the Rogaine not, Not the only the new lettuce.
3: diet, the new diet. Right, right. Diet. You'll
2: definitely lose some weight, right? <laughs> yeah. Gain some hair, but lose some weight. <laughs> so the romaine lettuce that says, you know, romaine, and the one that says organic romaine. Like, is it is it that much of a difference in terms of your the health-wise, your body? I mean, organic is better, but is it does it make, like, the it's huge It's been marketed difference? to say
1: it's better. Yeah.
2: So. Well, I'm asking the professional. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right.
3: <laughs> I mean, they're... Are differing schools of thought out there? We see, so we're bombarded, right, with so many right. things. Like, what I would say to you is buy what you can afford. I really hate how health, you know, getting healthy, losing weight, keeping it off has become kind of niche and like it's only for people who can afford it. Right. And then exactly. You, you feel bad if you can't buy organic. So then people are like, well, I can't buy the organic lettuce so i'll just buy the package whatever you know it's like and i would say buy what you can afford um there's still chemicals used actually on organic produce different types of chemicals people will fight until their death you know which ones are better to buy but if you're at a point in your life where you can afford the regular lettuce buy the regular lettuce and then wash it before you eat it and then you're fine. You're going to be fine, you know? So like, don't put so much pressure on yourself that you have to buy everything organic or everything that's like top, top, top shelf in terms of the food we're buying, Um, buy what you can afford. And there's a lot of hacks to buy things that are cheaper. So there is the idea out there that eating healthy costs way more. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are ways to get around that. So for example, there's nothing wrong with buying frozen produce. You could buy okay. it frozen and then a lot of people end up wasting money because they'll buy a lot of produce. It goes bad. That's true. And they end Absolutely. up throwing it out. So there's a stigma around frozen produce. Actually, frozen produce can sometimes be fresher than fresh produce. Because if you think oh, about wow. it, it's flash frozen right when it's picked. So it's okay. still got all the nutrients. whereas. The broccoli in the fresh section could have been sitting on a truck for a week, and then sitting in your store for two weeks. So some vegetables could in fruit could even be fresher that are frozen. A lot of canned goods have a lot of nutrients. Beans um, or bulk whole grains, lentils. Um, You know, there's a lot of there's different grocery services. Like I subscribe to Thrive Market, which is kind of like a Costco type of deal. Okay. Where it's a subscription, and they deliver to your door. But they heavily discount all of their products because they don't have any brick and mortar stores. So Oops. there's a lot of ways to cut corners to and save. Right. Okay. And and people too. If you look at your spending, you're probably spending quite a bit of money on takeout or restaurant food. And if you even just cut out one takeout meal a week, that could give you twenty to fifty extra bucks for groceries. Because um, sure. takeout's expensive. Absolutely.
2: I think uh, everything especially is expensive now. Expensive it's now. It, since it, after yes. After COVID? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. So I'm like, when did a hamburger cost $7? Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know, I was like, okay, right. I'm hungry. I hate hamburgers. Let's yeah. just stop here and get a burger. i get a quick It's dinner. like seven, eight bucks. I'm like, wow. I could have. I'm like, wait, the oh, dollar menu? A I, just, I just want a snack.
1: <laughs> I just want a dollar menu. That's it. Yeah.
2: So how do we start in relationships kind of? Eating and thinking heavy, you know, thinking healthier in terms of our relationships, what we cook, how we eat, things like that, because we're a relationship show. So we're trying to do it for both of us. I, right. I want my husband to live as long
3: as I do. Right. Yeah. I
1: want you to look good, baby. <laughs> yep. that's what we want.
3: <laughs> right. Right. Well, I think it's a perfect situation if two people are on board together because. Accountability can boost your odds of success by 95%. So, if you're living with your accountability partner, that can be yes. amazing. And I think it would just require, just like with finances, think about health, nutrition, think of it the same way as finances. You probably sit down and kind of budget things out and talk about where are we going to spend money, where are we going to cut back. You could do the same thing in terms of meal planning. You could sit down talk about what are our goals right now. You know, if we both have the goal of weight loss, let's say, then a common mindset shift I also like to help people with is the three word change requires change. Really powerful. So if you sit down and you think change requires change, we're going to have to make some changes. Where are we going to make changes? And I would say just start very small, very, very small, where you feel almost like, you're not, make, you're not doing anything right, because okay. the smaller your changes are, you can Bend then the it. next week or month make a new change and then make a new change. The problem people get into is thinking they have to overhaul their entire right. diet and lifestyle right. overnight. They do it for two weeks to a month. They burn out. They give up. And that's how this yo-yo cycle happens. Absolutely. So maybe it's even just committing for the first week, you're committing, okay, this week after dinner, every night, we're going to go for a 10 minute walk. That could be that easy. And then maybe the next week, you change something in a meal, maybe you focus on getting more protein at breakfast so that you're full longer, and you only meal plan out your breakfast. I'm talking very small. And then if you think of it like building blocks. Right. After a year, imagine how many changes you would have made. May. And Absolutely. these are sustainable because they fit with your unique time constraints like dislikes and lifestyle.
2: Yeah. So That's a big difference. We need to make sure you know what to buy for the grocery list. Right. Right. <laughs> that first change. Yep. She no said co- I
1: can have some sweets, so we no definitely put them <laughs> Baby, them cookies going on said, the list., change.
2: no <laughs> cookies. right?
1: I won't eat the whole roll. I'll eat a couple.
2: so what? so what do you find is the biggest issue with people and, you know,
1: sticking with the program?
2: or, or? just not changing at all? You know, just kind of eating and being
3: unhealthy and not really changing at all? Yeah, I think so I keep mentioning mindset because it's huge. Um mm-hmm. I think, people have tried so many diets and things in the past. I would say every person who comes to work with me has tried three to 10 different things. And it's really demoralizing year after yes, year yes. to not have mm-hmm. success. So everybody kind of comes to me with that tone of like, yeah, <laughs> but how What are you, how are you different? You're different, right. Yeah. But I also think aside from quote-unquote failing year after year. Again, I would say you haven't failed. The diets have actually failed you. Okay. But aside from that, I think we just have a lack of education around what basic nutrition, just rudimentary nutrition, the things that actually work. And it's really not that complicated, but all of the mixed messages out there in the marketing makes it feel very complicated. We don't really learn it in school. We don't sometimes learn it from our parents because they weren't taught it. Our doctors tell us maybe lose weight, but then their advice is eat more or eat less, exercise more, which isn't helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll eat less, (laughs) exercise more, but what do I eat? What type of exercise? So it's just, I think society as a whole is kind of failing us in terms of education and the things I learned in the several years that this became my hobby and eventually I enrolled in the courses I mentioned, I mean, I can break them down and I do to my clients just working with somebody for a few months. And then it's like their mind is blown and then they're set for right. life because you have the education and knowledge is so empowering.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So knowledge I, is power. So I
1: know you, I, it looks like you keep it real simple when it comes to weight loss and what you should eat. How far ahead should we think, you know, because when I'm thinking about losing weight, I'm thinking like, OK, I got to take all the sweets out of the cabinet. I got to do all these things. And, you know, I can only eat this. I can only eat that.
2: Well, you really should do that. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's in the cabinets, I'm going to eat it. Yes. Right.
2: right. But, but besides
1: that, we, we're talking about for the listeners. So, for them. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, no. no. Yeah, I'll, I'll be OK, so so for that, how far along should we plan or should we think about this change that we need to make? Is it about a week, uh, a weekly basis, a day basis? How, how often should we think? I how think far planning
3: by the week works well. And again, instead of focusing, because that's what that's the first thing we're always told is take everything out of cabinets and eliminate mm-hmm. all this stuff. So what I would encourage you to do is not even think about removing anything. Just focus on choose one meal, one meal that you want to maximize. I often recommend breakfast because it really sets you up for a strong start for the day. Yes. And I would say choose one meal and really get that meal solidified to where you have a few breakfasts you enjoy that fit into kind of the balanced plate. I don't know if you want. Do you want me to get into that? The, that yes, was, yes, please. Okay. Yeah, please do. Yeah, get into if, if you it, yeah. want to get into it, we, we welcome it. Yeah. Yeah. So what I teach is I've created an acronym because I think it's the former teacher in me. And (laughs) And it works works works. better. People (laughs) like it, people like it. So what I tell clients is PPFV, which stands for protein, produce, fat, and volume. And each of them are filling in their own way. So protein, I'll just touch on them quickly. Protein's the most filling macronutrient Produce, we know, fruits and veggies, you know, eating real whole foods that come from the ground or a tree, great idea. Um, so, getting lots of produce, fat, not going overboard. The keto crew will throw sticks of butter and coffee, and sometimes people will end up gaining 20 pounds on keto because right. they're just eating so much fat. So, I say keep it to maybe a tablespoon or two um, at each meal if you're having. Lean meat, like chicken, then maybe you're adding a tablespoon of t- or two of extra virgin olive oil to some vegetables or a bit of salad dressing or some other type of sauce. And then the V stands for volume. And it's really important that we eat enough. Sometimes people end up not eating enough and they're just right. ravenous all the time.
2: <laughs> all the time. I- I'm laughing because my son did that one time, right. but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, was- we... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say he was reading a, a diet was, or or how to and
1: he misread it and he was counting out beans. I said, wow. This
2: can't be right, man. <laughs> you yeah. can't like, be I, counting out I beans. Think he had like five beans and right. he was like, I'm starving. I'm like, nobody tells you five. He was yeah. like, No, I'm sure it said that.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm like, so he had a whole can and he's counting <laughs> out five beans for lunch and five beans for dinner. Oh my god. And, and he's like Oh my god! I'm so hungry. I'm like that can't be- <laughs> <laughs> like I, it can't be right.
3: Let me read this. Yeah. <laughs> right,
2: right. So when you say volume, okay, go ahead. So yeah,
3: so five beans is not going to cut it. <laughs> <I> was- <laughs> Probably right. a few more than five, right. but I mean, I'm honestly not surprised. Like we laugh about it, but I'm not surprised to hear that because people have been told all sorts of crazy things, yep. and sometimes people are told to eat 1,200 calories a day. I think. My fitness pal may say that. I've heard people say they were told that on Noom or something. And that's actually what a toddler should be eating. A toddler should be eating yeah, 1,200 calories a day. So as a full-fledged adult, you're probably somewhere in the 2,000, 2,500 range, depending on your level of activity. Um, That's not to say that you have to count calories, but... Maybe it's an eye opener if somebody realizes, oh, that's why I was ravenous all the time, right? Um, right. On that twelve hundred calorie diet. So volume is really cool because volume, even through like water, tea, um, especially non-starchy veggies, when your stomach stretches a little bit, it actually releases the hormone that tells you you're full and right. it shuts down the hormone that tells you you're hungry. So, it's important okay. to be eating enough to give your stomach that little bit of stretch. Okay. Obviously, not saying like fill yourself up to the max, but right. you want to be sure you're eating enough, and a lot of people aren't. So, exactly. the PPFV I just said, I even tell clients like, I have a client right now, she's only working on protein at lunches. You don't even have to tackle all four of those things at each meal. Um, so Jason, to answer your question, like maybe you choose breakfast and you're only going to optimize your protein intake at breakfast and you feel like that's going great. You have a few breakfasts you enjoy. And then the next week, maybe you add some produce at breakfast as well. And it's just slowly layering these things on top of each other. And the really cool thing is that when you get in the habit of balancing your plate like this, you end up actually having fewer cravings for sugar, for carbs. And you end up feeling, as my clients always say, less snacky.
2: <laughs> so so I, like I know too. lots of times I tell people that it's important to eat. And the reason why it's important to eat is because if you're not eating, you feel hungry. Then you go to, I'm hungry. I'm just going to eat the first thing that I see, or I'm going to choose something that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: did that train leave
3: again? That, I lost my thought.
1: Man, that train left <laughs> I lost the my question. Yep.
3: So, um, Are you, were you maybe going to ask if it's important to eat all day or small meals all day or snacks? Yeah, no. something like that. Okay. I was going to
2: ask something like that. Or I don't eat. on it. What was the point in that?
1: Nah, just stay on the platform, you were ta- baby. Because be you're bad. right.
2: So you were talking about volume. <laughs> and then I was just saying, you know. Oh,
1: let me get be- my question in because I got mine.
2: Maybe I'll come back to you. Okay, right. I'll try to think. Go what,
1: ahead. Right, can Give you time. Now, you talk about volume, right? So are we eating off the small saucer? Or are we eating off a regular size plate? Because, you know, am I eating off the palm of my hand? I mean, like, well, how much volume are we talking about?
2: I could have been talking about something like that.
1: I figured okay. that,
0: yeah. You
3: guys are so in sync. You're so in sync. Right, right. <laughs> so volume really, it's not to say volume, like I said, in terms of fat or necessarily in terms of, like starches all the time. So Mm -hmm. the best way to think about volume is thinking of non-starchy veggies as unlimited and water. So a lot of times people think they're hungry, but they're actually Mm -hmm. just very thirsty. Um, I have clients who are drinking three glasses of water a day when we first start working together. And that is likely not going to be enough. So Lots of water and I just like non-starchy veggies, as many as you can get your hands on. So we're talking okay. like broccoli, cauliflower, beans, um, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, leafy greens, like all of that.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was my question.
3: So I think
2: it was I think it was pertaining to the fact of people waiting. So they think, Okay, you know, um I ate breakfast mm-hmm. or I didn't eat breakfast, Ooh. but I'm not gonna eat again till lunch. Or I ate breakfast and now I normally eat it this time, but I'm going to wait and then push it back. What is your recommendation for not really being on a schedule or
3: waiting too long? Well, the very cool thing is when you start to optimize your meals, your body really tells you. So I know what you mean, because when I back in my 20s, when I was out of control, I had no idea what was going on. I would have to look at the clock before lunch. And I would be like, bro, push it back. You can make it till 11. You can make it, you can make it. Okay. And now if you hit your protein goal at breakfast, let's say around 30 grams of protein, 25 to 30 grams. And then you're getting some non-starchy veggies or at least some produce. Maybe you have some berries. You're getting your water in the morning. And then you go to work and you're going through the day. I have clients tell me they could even skip lunch. They don't, but they feel actually full. So it's not this idea where you have to skip a meal or you're trying to eat at a certain time. Your body starts to self-regulate and tell you when you're hungry. And a lot of us are not in tune with those internal hunger cues. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really interesting. I don't have kids yet, but I have nieces and nephews. and. If you watch babies and toddlers eat, they're so in tune with their internal hunger cues. They'll push the plate away when they're full, they'll wow. ask for more if they're, they're still hungry, and they're really incredible to watch and learn from and we lose that as we grow older because our taste buds are hijacked by, you know, a lot of ultra-processed foods and all the marketing out there and then we can drive and there's takeout. Right. So it's, it's really incredible when you get back to this balanced way of eating, your body does start to, to self-regulate again and you can kind of figure out when to eat when and when to have a snack. And it's not, you don't feel like food is controlling you anymore. You feel like you're in control. So it's actually okay. If your body
2: doesn't feel as though it's hungry to kind of skip lunch, if your body. Yeah. People do
3: different things. So I know intermittent fasting is another huge Mm -hmm. thing that people are trying. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one size fits all, but it does work for some people. So for me personally, I don't eat I eat like a brunch style meal. So I don't like eating first thing in the morning. And I eat around eleven. I usually have a snack later in the afternoon. I have dinner and then sometimes I'll have something after dinner. I love having like a bowl of frozen blueberries is kind of a treat. They're really tasty and kind yeah. of like a delicacy. They're super. <laughs> the ones from Costco, highly. I don't mm-hmm. know. you guys have Costco? Yes, we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ones from Costco cannot speak highly enough about them. They're sweet. They're amazing. Um, really? You have to try them. Yeah, try them. They come in a huge bag. They're incredible. Um, okay. Or maybe my husband and I will be watching a show and we'll have some, we'll split a bag of popcorn. So we, that's kind of our style. A lot of people do better eating first thing. Maybe then they'll wait till lunch, have a snack after lunch, before dinner, and then eat dinner. So people are different, right? I think one takeaway for anyone listening is there literally is no one-size-fits-all approach. So if somebody's trying to sell you that, run away. (laughs) (laughs) They're wrong. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's all about figuring out through trial and error And like I said, balancing your plate, what works best for you?
2: So with the whole thing of nutrition, so if there are couples out there, that are actually trying to balance that nutrition and healthy eating. Mm -hmm. um, So I know you said start with taking one thing, but initially, like what's the mindset they have to be in to even jump
3: to that point to to jumpstart the nutritional route? Yeah. So I would say if you, if you're hearing this, maybe you and your partner are hearing it, or maybe just you are. And if this is intriguing to you, I would say maybe sit down and goal set together. So each come up with a goal. And the way to do this is to set a super specific goal, which would measure how much and by when. So I do this with every person when I start working with them. What uh, One problem we have in society is we set these goals that are kind of out in the ether and they're right. not yep. specific. So new, January 1st, will hit and we'll say, I'm yeah. going to lose weight this year. Right. <laughs> yeah. that, right, right. That really doesn't mean anything, right? So <laughs> what I would say is set a super specific goal and understand that healthy, sustainable weight loss happens at about a half pound to two pounds every week. Any more than 2 pounds probably isn't going to be healthy, nor is it going to be sustainable. So keeping that in mind, maybe you say, I want to weigh 175 pounds by December 31st. Your partner could set their own super specific goal with how much and by when. And then what I would say is both of you, ask yourself 5 times why do I want to achieve this goal? Five times, not just once, not twice, and make yourself come up with five different answers. And what you'll realize is the fourth and fifth whys, why do I want to weigh 175 pounds by December 31st? The fourth right. and fifth ones are hard to come up to, but they're usually kind of like rooted in you, deep. Sometimes clients will start crying when they come up with these And it really gets you rooted in why am I doing this in the first place? So one of my clients shared with me recently, her fifth one, she was in tears. And she was saying, you know, my mom died from heart disease earlier this year. And I really don't want that to happen. I'm kind of heading down the same nutritional path that she is. And I want to get fit by 30 and really feel my best. So then I would say, you know, maybe this is a date night then share with each other what you came up with. What's your super specific goal? What are your 5 whys, each of you? And then actually put these someplace visible. Write them out, put them on a bathroom mirror, put them in the kitchen. And this could be the first step to real change because you're going to constantly reconnect with your specific goal that you're working towards and also why. Why you want to do this thing. For a lot of people, it's I want to be a good role model to my kids, or I want to be alive as long as possible for my grandkids, or I wanna not feel exhausted when I get out of bed every morning. You know, there's so many reasons why we do these things, but we don't really take the time often to specifically name them and write them down, and it can be really powerful and motivating.
1: So does you're saying food, and I know this to be true. Has direct correlation to your energy level. Yeah. Even just getting out of the bed from from a night's rest.
3: Yes, a hundred percent. Think about if you had the fanciest sports car, you would not put typical gasoline. I'm not a car person, so I can even. <laughs> I think you buy premium or something. I don't know. Yes, you, so you should. Yes, your car would not run as well if you didn't give it the premium gasoline, same thing goes for the human body. I love this car analogy and I always mess it up because again, I'm not not a car person. (laughs) But I know this to be true. And so maybe that's the mental switch you need to realize I want to give my body premium gasoline. Like I want to be running like the Ferrari run, not just putting unleaded in it. And then it's going to break down way sooner than it should.
2: So, what are some energy foods? Can is that is that something that you can answer, or like is is that a true thing? Energy foods? Yeah, she says that, I mean, because yeah, yeah. I hear people say, "Oh, well, there are energy foods," and I'm just like, "Is it a myth or is it true?"
3: Okay, it's probably a myth. People who are out there saying like, "Oh, here's a list of ten superfoods you have to eat," or "Here's this right, energy right like that," <laughs> yeah, Exactly. or an energy drink or an energy powder. That's all BS. Don't worry about that okay. stuff. What okay. you need to worry about, again, I'm kind of going back to protein. Protein is the most filling of the three macronutrients, and it helps you to feel full longer. And just changing your protein intake at breakfast could be game-changing for your energy later in the day. Really? Think about, let's use the example of like an omelet. If you make okay. an egg omelet, maybe you use one egg and a couple egg whites. Egg whites are higher in protein. There's nothing wrong with eating the egg yolk. Um, yeah, you can eat the egg yolk that has been busted, That they're going to give you high cholesterol. That is not no longer a nutrient of concern. You can eat the egg yolk. So um, should
2: we, should we do
3: one egg yolk and three egg whites, or should we just happy. do all four eggs? You can do, you can do, I would say for yourself, maybe you have two to three eggs, or maybe you have one egg, one egg white, you know, okay. experiment. it's all self-experimentation too. Okay. So let's say you're making that omelet. Let's say you use two full eggs and Mm -hmm. then you throw in some low fat cheese and some frozen spinach and some bell pepper that you have chopped up in the fridge and it's quick. It takes five minutes to make in the morning, but you're hitting about 30 grams of protein with that meal through the cheese and the eggs. And then you're also getting the non-starchy veggies in there and just Mm -hmm. watch how full you feel and how energized you feel. You don't have that before lunch slump. Then when you start doing this at lunch, you don't have the 4 p.m. slump. Mm-hmm. You're actually energized until dinner. You don't feel like you need to come home and reach into the bag of chips and shove them into your mouth as soon as right, possible. Right, right, And it's it's incredible how this works. I don't have one client who hasn't come to me and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much energy I have now. So energy foods would be like fueling your body with whole, nutrient dense foods like protein, produce and healthy fats.
2: So I know people say it's not good to do the cheese, you know, even though it's low fat cheese because it's bloating. Any
3: dairy is kind of bloating. So is that true or no? I don't think so. I think. okay. People will also say gluten makes you bloat and you should avoid gluten. And there's lectins and you avoid nightshade vegetables. I mean, there's so many things. If dairy makes you feel terrible, don't eat dairy. You know, I mean, right. if you haven't been diagnosed by a doctor, but you feel like it doesn't make you feel that great, then I would not eat it. But then, usually when somebody will say something like that, I'm curious about what else they're eating that could be making them feel kind of off. Like that same person might be eating dairy and then a bag of potato chips type of thing. Right, right.
2: Right. What's going along with it that's contributing to the bloating, really? Where you're blaming it on the
3: dairy. Exactly. (laughs) So that's what people will do to gluten. You know, if they're eating all processed foods And, you know, there's nothing wrong with processed foods. There's nothing wrong with things that come in a bag. But if your diet is exclusively things that come from a package, we may want to kind of take a look at that. Um, But they'll then cut out gluten. So then what are they doing? They're cutting out a bunch of processed foods. And then all of a sudden, they lose weight and feel better. And they blame gluten but it's really probably they're eating more protein, produce and healthy fats and fewer processed foods. So all of these single nutrients get demonized or whole food mm-hmm. groups like dairy and carbs. And there's no reason to demonize any food.
1: It's just how we intake those, those nutrients as a whole is what's causing us the problem. If you overeat anything. I mean, uh, But if you. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: I think, so another great mindset shift is to stop thinking of certain foods as good or bad. So Mm -hmm. stop thinking broccoli good, potato chips bad, and view everything as more nutritious or less nutritious. And then when you're eating something less nutritious, Mm -hmm. make a mental note and think, huh, I just had potato chips. Don't place judgment. Don't think of yourself as a bad person because they're not inherently bad you're not evil <laughs> you <didn't, laughs> speaking of being in relationships you didn't cheat on your diet as people always say <laughs> i don't even know what that means but people will always use that term cheat and then they spiral into this negative vortex of shame and guilt just think that was less nutritious how can i get more nutrients at my next meal you okay. think Okay. So, so I know I usually
2: tell people um, I don't use the word diet. No, nope. you know, because so what do you think of that? Because when people say diet, it, it, it triggers the mind to say it's only for a limited time, yeah. as opposed to changing my eating habits. Yeah. So do you tell your clients to use the word diet or don't think of it as diet? Or what do you how do we tell people to change their mindset in terms of diet and then a lifestyle?
3: Yeah, you're right. It's been mm-hmm. diet has been commandeered by the diet industry, and really, diet is just an eating pattern, right? But we ne- it has a negative connotation. So I'll say, yeah, your dietary pattern or okay, your foods you enjoy eating. I mean, there's all different ways to say it, and essentially, what's important to figure out is what's triggering for you. So if you're using the word diet all the time and that's triggering you because you've spent years on different diets, Diets, Okay, don't use that. Or same thing goes for the scale. For some people, the scale is very triggering. It can be a great data collection tool, just like anything else. But some of my clients choose to use the scale after I teach them how to use it properly. And then some of them choose not to use the scale and you don't have to use it. So it's all just gathering as much data as you can about yourself, your own mindset, your own behaviors and habits, and then going from there.
2: So should we look at our body composition when we start? You
3: can. I mean, some people like to take measurements. Um, Some people like to take photos in front of the mirror every couple weeks. Some people just like to go on their whole weight loss journey, observing how belts are fitting or how pants are fitting or how they're Feeling or, you know, our genes don't really lie. <laughs> I think we should sure, all. No, they,
1: they, they're <laughs> <not> <laughs> I don't all. know.
3: Sometimes I
2: blame it on him drying dry them. them. Yeah. <laughs> I know.
3: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so
2: I think my genes tell us that they lie a little bit sometimes. Yeah. I they dry them and shrink them. Yeah. You're yeah, I think probably them right. So <laughs> no. I mean, like your body fat index, things like that. Should we kind of really pay attention to that? Is that important in nutrition?
3: I mean, I think, yeah, all data points can be helpful. And maybe that's something your doctor asks you to observe or measurements your doctor takes. Um, There's some fancy scales out there that claim that they can measure stuff like that. I don't really know how accurate those are. Um, I would say if you want to use the scale, the way to use it is to get your weekly average. And most people don't do this. So uh, a good analogy for this is think about your money that's in investments. Okay. If you ha- There's a bad day in the stock market. You don't pull all your money out immediately. And that's what people do with the scale. They see okay. a bad number, whatever they think is a bad, higher number. And then right. they just want to give up all their habits overnight because they think nothing's working. Your weight will fluctuate one to three pounds overnight. And you're not gaining fat overnight. You absolutely are not. So, the way to look at the scale and the way to use it as a proper tool is to take your weight every morning. First thing in the morning, after going to the bathroom, before eating anything, which you can think of as FAB, F-A-B. So wait first thing after going to the bathroom before eating. Write it down. Don't get... if Again, if the scale is triggering to you, don't use it. But if you're thinking, right. okay, I want to use it as a data collection tool. I'm going to try this. Write it down. After 7 days, add up all the numbers, divide by 7 to get your weekly average and then start again the next week. And you're going to compare weekly averages to weekly averages. So ideally, they will start trending downward. Mm -hmm. Some weeks, you may gain a pound or lose a pound. Weight loss is not linear. So don't let that throw you off. You really need actually several weeks of data to even create a trend line. You're thinking like, Back to math class, you can't just have right, two right. points on a graph, right? You have to have several plot points to see where is where that the- trend going. And if it's going down, you're on the right track. If it's not, then it's time to kind of readjust different behaviors. Okay.
2: So wow. for women in particular, I know we gain a lot of body fat and and you know, aren't um, you know, that cellulite creature that always <laughs> snaps us. So how do we reduce the fat in our bodies? So I work out a lot, mm-hmm. but it seems like, you know, the fat just wants to stay with me. So how do we reduce that? Um, the body fat is that also, can, can we release it just not from the intake that we're taking, but from things that we do?
3: Yeah. So you mentioned exercise. I'm so glad you brought that up. The okay. best way to lose body fat is through Nutrition, first and foremost. Okay, A right. great mindset shift that I think is probably the most incredible one I've adopted is that I exercise for my mental health, for my heart health, for my energy, for my confidence, for my longevity. That okay. exercise can have uh, properties that make you even age slower, right? Yes, I mean, it's right. incredible, mm-hmm. but I do not exercise for my weight. I take that out of the equation. And I now completely look at diet for weight loss. Most of us are putting way too much emphasis on exercise for weight loss and not enough on nutrition. And I think that's because sometimes exercise can be a little bit easier because it's like, this is just a 45 minute thing. Whereas nutrition is the other 11 hours and 15 minutes of the day. right? Um, So it's really important to have that switch and it's still exercise. Absolutely. But have the shift in your mind that for weight loss, nutrition is very important. Also high quality sleep. Very, very important when you're on a weight loss journey, managing your stress. Also very important when you're yeah none of those
2: we can check all those off my list (laughs) (laughs) like terrible sleep lots of stress you know all of those things you said so so with nutrition does the intake of certain things help you lose the fat yeah because I mean the fat is there it's not going to go anywhere unless you know even you know know, so do you think be broken down right so how do we kind of as we're intaking better nutrition you know in our dietary eating and supplements, how do we release the fats, that the fat that is
3: there to kind of balance it out? So you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat, which doesn't mean you have to count calories, but what happens with the balance plate I've been describing? so let's take the omelette example again. What okay. we are used to eating breakfast right now and then a snack and then lunch. But mm-hmm. you have this omelette and you get so much protein and you're getting some healthy fat in there through the cheese. And you're getting the non-starchy veggies that you feel full until lunch. So you're actually consuming fewer calories through because you're full. So that's the goal. You're eating things that actually fill you up. So you're in a calorie deficit without even realizing it. So you're wanting to be less snacky. You're wanting to want to reach for things less. And then when you're in a calorie deficit, that's when you lose fat. Okay. Okay. All
1: right.
2: All right. Any other questions for you, Jay?
1: I do. Well, one more. We're coming up on the holidays, so that means it's time to eat. And we <laughs> have plenty, of, plenty of snacks going on. How do we manage during this time?
3: That is a loaded question. <laughs> His cookies are loaded, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would say, going back to the basics, I sound like a broken record, but the balancing your plates, controlling what you're eating whenever you can, making room for enjoyment at holiday parties, realizing too that the holidays are once a year and it matters way more what you do most of the time than some of the time. So instead of focusing on everything you feel like you're doing right or wrong between November and December, Mm -hmm. focus more on like January through October, right? And once you know what to do, you don't have to set, you don't have to go on a diet in January. Just you can get back on track with your balanced Adjust. eating. I mean, there's so much greatness that comes from the holidays of, in terms of community and being with family and friends. And, you know, think of that as nourishing in a way, too, of just enjoying people's company and not feeling super stressed about, oh, I had a glass of wine or I had, you know, like you mentioned cheese, like I just. Or cookies every yeah. single day.
2: So we, should we have cookies every single day? from november to december <laughs>
1: say I mean, yes if, brooke say yes
3: if you're in a calorie deficit it won't i mean honestly you could eat Th- there you cookies. go you said okay
1: it. yeah okay. i'm
3: gonna stay in <laughs> calorie deficit i am i mean you'll see maybe you'll start having a higher protein breakfast and a higher protein lunch and then you'll have that cookie and you could still you could lose weight throughout the holiday season
2: Hmm. So protein is really the key. So protein is really important, huh? Yeah, I would say protein
3: and fiber. Protein and fiber are the two biggies and the fiber you're getting through produce, especially the voluminous non-starchy veggies, as I say, just as many non-starchy veggies as possible. So another question,
2: should we look at um, how many times we release during the day? Does that Hey, does that play a huge part? Like, should we do it first thing in the morning, in the afternoon, after every meal, or does it really matter? Is that really important to kind of um, a guide us to, to kind of know what where we're at?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, there will be people who don't go to the bathroom for several days and are just used to that and think that's normal. I think, I, don't, I hate using the word normal because every person is different and like, okay. I don't know if you're on certain medications or, yeah, you know, okay. different yes. things, but- Ideally, you would be going at least once a day, if not once a day, every couple days. Um, But yeah, you you can look up different charts, and you can see. um, You didn't use the word, but I'll say your poop can tell you a lot. (laughs) I don't know if you want to use that word on here. I don't know. That's That's fine. That's fine with me. me. It can tell you a lot, and it's kind of. I mean, it's something you know we all do, and um, if you look up different, or should, or at least we should. We should, should. and I think again, you know. Every single little thing, don't, don't chalk something up to, um, just, it happened by chance. So like you're saying, Jason, with your energy, if you were to start eating a more balanced plate at breakfast and you notice you have more energy, that's not just randomly happening, you know? So like attribute these things, like give yourself little pats on the back when you're like, wow, I have more energy. I did this through my nutrition. Like I want to keep doing it. I want to see what happens now with lunch and same th- thing when you're going to the bathroom like wow i feel more regular now i feel better like that's a tri- that can be attributed to awesome changes you're making
2: so does it should we pay attention to the color whether it's floating or not floating do all the, do any of that matter because i mean i've heard this so just trying yeah. to put some myths to rest or is it really important should we really pay attention to
3: so what does floating poop mean do you do, do, or does it matter So floating poop, I believe, I mean, I haven't dove into the, it's called the Bristol stool chart. If anyone wants to look it up. Bristol stool chart. Yeah. I believe that may correlate with being dehydrated. Um, I know like if you're pooping in pebbles, that's not ideal. Um, That is definitely a sign of dehydration. The chart is very cool. It's like, it breaks down every type of poop and it says like everything that could be going on. Okay. Okay. So I have looked at, I haven't looked at it too recently to be able to break down every type, but I okay. do know that pebbles yes. are not good. <laughs> drink more water, drink more water. I
2: know one time we, I had some cupcakes and my poop <laughs> came out green and I was like, what, what's wrong with me? It and it the was, icing. it was the food dye yes. in, right, in the icing. And I'm like, and I didn't correlate it until like
1: a couple of days icing. later.
2: Right. And, but you know, the icing was happen. blue. What goes me yeah. comes out, right? Right, right, <laughs> but I was like, "Oh my God,
3: why, why is it looking like this?" So, it's like it's kind of glowing, baby. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that probably is right. a lot so, for that icing, too. It's like, whoa, what was in that icing that it's still like that, radioactive? That's
2: exactly <laughs> what I said. I was like,
1: "Wow,
3: that
2: that must have been some really deep yep. food dye." Yep. So, all right. So, for those couples out there that are starting their healthier dietary, um road.
0: Yes, their journey. What is
2: Yes, their journey. Thank you. Thank you, honey, for completing that. I'm always here for you, baby. I know. So, what do we tell them to do? What is the major tip and mindset in changing it? Because some people, like you said, they have had numerous diets that didn't work, and now they're eating terrible, they've gained weight, they're sluggish, they're tired, and they're just at that point where they're like, you know what? There's no use. Right. So, how do we flip the switch in mindset and get them on the right journey.
3: If you feel like nothing has worked, I would just absolutely know there is something that will work for you there. For every single person, there's an optimized diet or dietary pattern that will work for you. So I would say, just don't give up. Um, Start with the small changes, make observations. It's helpful. As I said, Before, like with the scale, if you can stay kind of emotionally disconnected from the data and just take a step back and look at different things that are happening and not place blame and not feel shameful, but just think, huh, I was really hungry after breakfast today. I wonder what attributed to that. And then you could look back and think, oh, I know why I grabbed something on the way out the door. I didn't have my balanced plate breakfast. Mm. And oh, I know why else. I didn't sleep well last night which can cause cravings and hanger and you know you to even <laughs> be hungrier the next day. 11, right. Get so hanger. Get right. yeah, hanger. Get, get yeah. curious. I would say just get curious and try to learn about yourself and just yeah. know that the answer is not going to be Probably something that comes with uh ad on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a
2: lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot of those. It's like, how did they know I was hungry? How do they, yeah.
3: they know I need to lose these, weight? Or these get, lose weight fast and whatever. Yeah. So Yeah, shake yeah. some
1: stuff on your food. And
3: right. Then you can yeah. Are yeah. yeah. selling a shake or powder? I mean, there's all of these multi-level marketing companies now. So it'll be like your friends coming to you and saying, I tried purium, You have to try this. I mean, just no, 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 no. Don't do it.
2: Right. 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 Info. All
3: right. All right. So let us know
1: how we can get in contact with you, bro. Give me the podcast website, the social media.
3: Yeah. Of course, everything. Perfect. So if you go to my website, the everything's there, the podcast, uh, I have applications on there for one-on-one coaching opportunities. And I also have a group coaching type of program that's set up in a membership model. So you can find all of that at healthinvestment.com. And then I'm very active on Instagram, constantly posting tips in my stories and on my feed. And that's also at The Health Investment.
1: All right. Uh, all that right. That is wonderful. That well, is wonderful. I, I learned a lot. So my takeaway from this episode here is...
2: <laughs> <laughs> we always got to have takeaway. Uh, let, me, let me guess. Let me guess okay. your takeaway. Let uh-huh. me see if I can guess it. Let me see. You can eat cookies every day from November to December, as uh-huh. long as you're in a calorie deficit.
1: Baby, you picked it up. Right there. <laughs> that's it. So, Holidays, here I come.
2: <laughs> well, if you don't gain any weight, I'm, I'm to that. All right, babe. All right. I know.
1: I
3: so, smell a challenge coming on. I can smell yeah. a challenge.
2: I have a question, though. You know, that made me think when I went that way. Mm-hmm. So men and their stomach, you mm-hmm. know, what do what, what you? That's a sign of something. Yeah. I'm not talking about
3: Jason. We're yeah. just talking about other men. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, we can't really choose where we gain weight and where we lose weight. We all have that area, right? Where Good like, answer, Brooke. Good
2: <laughs> answer. Go ahead. We all have that area where
3: we gain weight first or lose weight first. And it's usually different for each of us. Um, but yeah, the calorie deficit is going to help you lose weight. Maybe it'll come from your stomach first, maybe your behind, maybe your arms. I mean, it's your face, you know, a lot of people notice it in their face. Um, but it really, it ultimately comes down to eating nutrient dense balanced meals so that you're in that calorie deficit and then the weight will come off. Sounds
2: good. All right. Well, that was fantastic. And we thank you for being our guest this week.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. I wish I could talk to you guys every day.
2: Uh, yeah, it's it's
1: fun. I mean, like I learned a lot. Me too, because then you'll be like, it's okay, Tina Marie. Jason can eat a cookie. It's fine. I don't
3: have to have that conversation. Maybe just speaker me through in your kitchen or something.
2: (laughs) So we will definitely have you on again because I think you are a wealth of information and just helping people on that journey of nutrition, helping them realize that it's a day-by-day basis. It's small changes Mm -hmm. that lead up to the bigger one. Yeah. That's wonderful. Awesome. So we're going to close this out. And as always, we're we're in it to win it. it.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Love and Beyond the I Do podcast. Head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legendary Relationship or visit our website at legendaryrelationship.com. Till next time,
3: remember to make every day count.